The following is a sponsored program on 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM. The views, information, or opinions expressed during this program are solely those of the individuals or participants involved and do not necessarily represent those of Braden Madison Broadcasting or its employees. 100.7 FM, WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday morning at 10 AM. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlight, Jeff Shannon. Well, good morning and welcome to Sumner County Spotlight on the Sunday morning with your host, Jeff Shannon. And we're so nice to uh, have some great guests in this morning. And it's going to be a pleasure for you. And you might recognize these fellers coming up. And first, we want to welcome in William Lee Golden with the Oak Ridge Boys, uh, a Henderson villain, if yeah. you will. Hey, thanks for coming in. Jeff, good to be with you here. The last time we were in, you had this great book come out. Right. And let me tell you, I don't see how you remembered all of that material going back <laughs> as far as it did. It was an incredible book. Scott England helped me. He's the one that actually did the writing of it. Because uh, it was his idea. He hit, I guess, a half a dozen times about wanting to write a book about me. And I'd say, hey, I don't know anybody would want to buy a book that I had. <laughs> but <laughs> Anyhow, he said, well, uh, I think you've got a story to tell, and I'd like to be the guy to help you tell it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I thought about that. And uh, so we got together, and uh, I invited him down. I was Spent a week or so down at the farm, on the farm I grew up on down in Alabama, Bruton, Alabama. And uh, I invited him down to come visit, see where I come from, uh-huh. and to uh, meet my sister that lives across the road next door. And uh, because she helped teach me how to play and sing when we were kids, you know, my sister was real talented. She was a talented one in our family. And <laughs> <laughs> and I've basically, and the one that uh, had the drive to go do it, you know, she was multi-talented. She could play different instruments, great singer, still is. And uh, I got Scott to come down and see where I come from. And uh, he and his wife, and they uh, hung out there for a couple of days. And I showed them around the farm where where I was born. Now you got and, cotton uh, down there, right? Yeah, cotton and peanuts. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, my dad was a big. He farmed about twelve hundred acres. And, wow. Uh, that's how I grew up out in them cotton fields <laughs> and peanut patch. And wow, it's kind of where I learned to play and sing. You know, mm-hmm. it was uh, there was always music around the house uh, when you got through working in the fields. You know, so uh, but yeah, Granddaddy Golden was a fiddle player too, and. So uh, he had played in the uh, barn dances and honky-tonks, and music was a big part of our love and mm-hmm. what we, uh, our passion. And uh, so singing as kids, you know, we would get to sing on Granddaddy's radio show some as little kids. Uh, I'd play rhythm guitar, and we'd play and sing these old country songs, these did you country have any, gospel songs. Did you have any audio of, of back then? I guess I, uh, I don't know how they would record stuff, but... Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I'm old, so it was... <laughs> Uh, kind of before a lot of that. Yeah. But yeah, that's how I grew up playing and singing. And uh, in high school, then, when I f- sang in my first quartet, I sang in the FFA quartet, Future Farmers of America. <laughs> yeah. And uh, anyhow, we had a little program there at our chapter of in school, and I sang in the quartet, and we would compete with other schools around, so we had a good we had a good quartet. Uh, it was going before I joined it, and uh, the year before, and they had done well, and so we would compete, and we were winning 
our competitions and uh anyhow we went on to the state finals and uh then our lead singer took off with his family to california after school was out and we were supposed to go up there and later in june and his family wouldn't let him stay so we missed out on that mm-hmm. but, but i still i love quartet singing and i pursued that after school and uh you know i had a group that I had together, a little trio, and but I still like quartets, and uh, we worked with the Oak Ridge Boys two or three times, and uh, so I got to know those guys, and I knew they had a, an availability coming up, mm-hmm. and uh, anyhow, I went up and talked to them about it. And, yeah. uh, and that was in... 1964, <laughs> and... Uh, a couple of months later, uh, they called me and said, hey, we're in the market for a baritone set. Yeah. Are you still interested? I said, yeah. They invited me to come up and try out, as the old saying, uh, then this is, this is where history. it wound up. <laughs> <laughs> and I always tell everybody, since our last talk, it's like how you can remember all of those details, I mean, way back early on. Yeah. I mean, that's... I can't remember yesterday. I know. It's, uh, well, Scott would ask these questions. Mm-hmm. What he would do is he, he would come over to the house. We did this during the pandemic, you know, back in 2020. He would come over to visit, and uh, we'd sit on the front porch out there and uh, had a little recorder in his pocket. He'd just take it out and lay it on the table there. And we'd talk for a couple of hours. He would ask questions, had a pad, and he would have some questions on it. Well, he would ask a question, and we would talk. So then I told him, you know, you can ask anybody. Talk to anybody that we're talking about and get their side of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sometimes I may not be, uh, I'm just seeing from my standpoint. Mm-hmm. So he did. He talked to the other Oak Ridge boys, and uh, he talked to my first wife. And uh, she told some stories that I probably would not have gotten into. And uh, next <laughs> about my unfaithfulness. And uh, but it was thing that's happened, you know, in my life. And so it's what it is. I live with it. I've made a bunch of mistakes, but mm-hmm. uh, sometimes we can learn from them or we can continue to make them. And, that's uh, right. That's right. So that's what life is. And mm-hmm. uh, I've never pretended to be perfect. I do love life, and I have been known to have a good time <laughs> and, well, yeah, uh, you got to chasing fun you know well i mean the fact that you guys i mean still at this period in the career you guys are still jamming it out there i mean you're touring how many dates this year we're doing 140 days this okay. year right. 2022 and I'm, uh next year i don't know that we'll do quite that much but uh we've been doing like 150 dates a year that was a kind of a cutoff thing back in the past but uh since the pandemic mm-hmm. uh, we've done about 140 dates this year and wow. uh we're uh, booking dates for next year. So the Oak Ridge Boys are in the middle of our residency at uh, Gaylord Opperland Hotel. And uh, we're there doing our Christmas shows this mm-hmm. again this year. For 33 years, the Oak Ridge Boys have uh, traveled doing Christmas shows. 30 of those years with one-night stands mm-hmm. across the country. That was grueling for us because uh, sometimes you'd leave home on Thanksgiving afternoon and drive to somewhere like uh, South Dakota for the next day and uh, start the tour. Then we would go one-night stands and this town today, another town tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, So it was grueling for us. It was a busy time of the year for us, too. It was, mm-hmm. uh, we worked more during Christmas tours like 
we were working six and seven days a week there. And normally, you know, we're out working three or four days a week. And uh, But anyhow, man, it was uh, 30 years we did that on the road. And uh, for the past three years, we've been fortunate to be able to be home and to be working and uh, singing at Opera Land, doing our Christmas shows there. Last night, we did two shows. Now, you just do that Monday through Friday? Normally one show a day. Okay. Uh, We won't be doing any more two shows before Christmas. We've Mm -hmm. done four days of two shows this year. I think we did that last year, too. But, uh, well, Joe would probably like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's still he's still putting out the vocal man. He's <laughs> he is he's a great singer. These these guys work hard. They uh, and you know it's always fun, man. It's people you can depend on out mm-hmm. there. When you were talking before and you hopping in this bus, you you gotta really love that bus. <laughs> well, you spend a lot of a lot of hours in there. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, being on the road, you live close there. But uh, for years, we kind of know how it works. You know, everybody knows everybody's uh, personality, and it all works out good, man. It, I'm a slow guy and uh, <laughs> talk slow. And <laughs> well, I mean, that's it, uh, that's you. You know what I mean? But I think that you know, people who have seen you guys for years and they keep coming back. You get those repeat people, and I see your Facebook posts all the time with people responding how they've been following you guys for forever and how much they really enjoy it. Even the new people that are new fans uh, coming in. You get a lot of those at, uh, at, at, at Opryland. And we also get passed down, you know, mm-hmm. generations. That's right. Yeah. People bring their kids to see the Oak Ridge Boys, and they've been doing that for years, man, and we're fortunate in mm-hmm. that respect. And, and Gaylord treats you guys good. They do. They're mm-hmm. They're wonderful hospitality people out there. That's their business, and they really have it down right. They treat everybody great. So uh, they, are they in charge of decorating the stage and putting all the props and all that on there, or do you guys handle that? We do our own oh, okay. uh, production for as our okay. own. You know, we, we have a video guide during the Christmas tours that uh, handles that and mm-hmm. uh, all the camera work that goes on. And uh, and we also have props, you know, for as, uh, what we carry on the road with us and mm-hmm. it was a thing that we had for years it was stuff that we've been kind of acquired through the years mm-hmm. for, for our christmas production so how long a show is this that you're doing at uh opera land we're doing uh, about a 75 minute show wow Okay. And uh, normally on the road in our regular Christmas tours, we would go out and do like 30 or 40 minutes of uh, maybe hit records and then take a 15 or 20 minute break, change clothes, come back out and uh, do the entire Christmas production, which would be about an hour and 20 minutes. So that was putting the shows at about two and a half hours. Now, is this a dinner show? Out at Opera Land, it is a dinner show. Yeah, okay. All right. But on the road, you know, I'm right. talking about when we were out there, sure. it yeah, would yeah. be about a two-and-a-half-hour show. Okay. Well, and again, how you remember all these songs. <laughs> well, you've done them so many times, it's like, you know, yeah, embedded in there, yeah? Well, if you're not careful, you can get out there and... <laughs> For whatever reason, you can get distracted and uh, start mumbling and <laughs> have to catch where you're at. at it. Yeah, yeah. Well, when the when you guys did the the show out at the Opry, yeah. we had a, a backstage pat, the announcement that you did a press conference back there, and then you came out and did the show out there, and uh, that place was packed out. Yeah. I mean, it, it was incredible. Yeah. But they had some good artists there, uh, and you guys, I guess, topped off the night. Well, we did. That was just, what, three or four weeks ago, yeah, I guess, yeah. we were out there when we were getting ready to do this. Uh, it was about the, talking about the residency mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. that we're in the middle of right now. 
Well, Actually, we're over halfway. And you're going, ah, oh, not a relax. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, to, you know, that's what I do. And uh, when I'm not out there uh, playing and singing with the Oak Ridge Boys, well, I'm out. Uh, I'm home playing and singing with my boys, you know, my oh, kids. And I, I'm definitely, in this next uh, segment, we're take a break right now. When we come back, I want to talk about that. This is incredible what you guys are doing. And again, you're passing this musical heritage down to them, and they're all singing. So, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk more with William Lee Golden with the Oak Ridge Boys uh, right after this. And we'll have more of Sumner County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. Well, it's Sunday morning, and that means it's Sumner County Spotlight. I'm your host, Jeff Shannon. We're going to continue our conversation with William Lee Golden with the Oak Ridge Boys. You know, we were talking about how busy you are, and especially around the holiday season. It is just incredible because people like that style. They like your music for the Christmas songs, and you make it just so much fun. Right. Well... We're fortunate. We've had a few songs, you know, that did well for Christmas. Uh, our first Christmas album back in uh, Give Away All of Our Age, back in uh, <laughs> 1982, 40 years ago. That's crazy. We had uh, Thank God for Kids yeah, on there. I remember that. That was big. Song written by Eddie Raven. He brought it. said, guys, this may not be a regular Christmas song, but I think it fits the project you're doing. He was right. Mm-hmm. It was more than a Christmas song. We released it, at the record label released it at Thanksgiving to promote the Christmas album. They played it, it went up the charts. Mm-hmm. Christmas came and went, the little song kept going up the charts. Into the new year, first part of the year, it went to number one. It was uh, in country music, and that's kind of unheard of. To have a song that says, thank God for kids. Yes. Well, and your son, Chris Golden, good right. good friend of the show. I mean, it's, he, he is amazing. And he, he will do that song when he performs, right. which I think is great. It's great yeah. you're carrying that on. A lot of people do that song now. Mm-hmm. But uh, thankfully, we had the record that got it started. And... Uh, Thanks to Eddie Raven. Whatever happened to him? He's still around. Still He's around. here in Henderson'sville. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Gosh, I, I loved his music. Yeah. He lives out on the lake out here. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to reach out to him. Yeah. Say, Eddie, come on, let's talk. <laughs> yeah, he lives up here between here and Gallatin. Yeah. All right. Well, that that's great to know. And it and that there's so many great people that live here. Talented musicians, songwriters, producers, directors, the, all right here in Hendersonville because it's just a magnet. It's a great place to, to be. And, and you should know, you've been here for a lot of years. Came here in 1965. Wow. When I joined the Oak Ridge Boys. Yeah. Wow. You've seen the growth over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> Especially growing up around you. <laughs> I was watching it uh, coming in here today, man. I mean, it's just amazing since the last time I drove into this back street mm-hmm. here that all these apartments yes, here yeah. on the, on a different side of the road now. Yeah, and Saundersville Road. I mean, that thing is starting to, to grow. And I, I've said this before, but I just think that would be a great spot there at Saundersville Road approaching the uh, 386 right there to put up some, like, Branson-type theaters. Yeah. Or a couple of them, anyway. You know, put up theaters, but nobody listens to me. <laughs> you got to get the people. Well, the you box. know, thinking back on it, uh, that's what Conway Twitty had that idea, yeah. and he did that. He mm-hmm. put it up out there. It was Twitty City, mm-hmm. but then uh, it's now what, Huckabee Show, TBN, yeah, yeah. TBN, and Huckabee. Huckabee Show. There, yeah. And you guys have been on his show too several times. We have, yeah. And uh, he's a great guy too. And he loves to play bass. He is a great bass player. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I know he's either doing it by ear or rehearsal or he's reading charts. I can't I can't tell. Probably he's doing all it. of it because yeah. uh, he's a talented guy, he Mike Huckabee. He's, well, and, and Trey Corley is awesome. Super dude. And he just, I mean, so talented, knowing music the, the way he does. So it's good to have. See, Huckabee grew up playing in clubs and bands, I think. Mm-hmm. And he was on the radio. Yeah. A radio guy. So. so speaking of talent, as we had mentioned before, you have a few sons out there. I got four sons. And so talented. And, yeah. and now, when did you guys start the the think about doing the Goldens project, where you you guys would get together as a family? Well, this was a vision I had a couple of years before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get my boys together. I, I had an idea to do this. I was down at the farm, and I started this stuff started going over in my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I could you get a step away from Nashville and go back to where you come from. You can kind of gives you a different view. That's right. Anyhow, I wanted to do that, and but I couldn't get them all together. Uh, Rusty was over in Bahrain and uh, over there in Dubai for really? performing for six or eight months a year. Wow. He had a very good gig over there. And uh, anyhow, uh, Chris was on the road and uh, Craig was on the road. So I couldn't get them all together at one time. But then the pandemic hit, man. Mm-hmm. I got possessed with it. <laughs> got to get it. <laughs> I realized then, you know, what I did is I, two or three weeks in the pandemic, you're watching TV to see what the hell's going on. That's here. right. And, uh, and then you don't want to watch it anymore because yeah. it's like depressing. And all I'm yeah. seeing is hate, yes. everybody hating everybody, mm-hmm. and negative violence and all that crap. I turned it off. I said, I ain't watching this. Right. If I allow this to invade me, it's mm-hmm. my fault. Mm-hmm. So I turned it off, quit watching television, and uh, got out of the house, set under the trees out there at home, and uh, all these old songs kept coming, man. I didn't want to sing anything that was written in a pandemic at that time. Right. I said, we're living this nightmare. Why would I want to sing about it and That's remember right. it? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Anyhow, man, I got them together. And they all live here now, do they not? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And I said, uh, come over, let's, let's play and sing. We got around the piano and brought their guitars. We kept playing and singing, man. They said you can't go to church you gotta you know watch tv they said uh go home lock your doors put on two masks if anybody knocks on your door crawl under the bed <laughs> so uh you know i turned that crap off and yeah. uh, anyhow man we got together as a family we started singing old gospel songs said uh so we started having uh revival in our living room yeah you can have church there too <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> so uh that's what we did we started singing old gospel songs and then it just rolled right into old country songs and these old classic country songs that it inspired all mm. of us through the years we wound up recording 34 songs wow gospel songs classic country songs and classic old rock and roll songs, songs that, that had inspired all of us, and each guy taking leads on different songs and us harmonizing with them. Man, it, it was so much fun. It's just uh, exhilarating sure, to yeah. be able to play music and That's, sing with yeah. your family. And it just kind of makes it more special. Now, you, you have uh, CDs on each one of these different genres? Yeah, yeah, we've got three CDs of that project. Now, where we would you go a, to get that? Well, you can go to uh, my website, okay. William Lee Golden. Dot com or uh, 
you know, Richards and Southern merchandisers here in okay. uh, Goodlettsville, they, they handle the Oak Ridge Boys Project. Okay. They handle our products. Okay. But you can just go to our websites and find it if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Or well, you can download it. That's you right. Know? And that's the crazy thing. You know, back years ago, we didn't have that. I know. We can go on YouTube or Spotify or Apple. And, 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 and we have it yeah. on all of those. Yeah. You can go anywhere and find it That's if right. you want it. Just type in the Oak Ridge Boys or the Goldens or William Lee. William Lee Golden and the Goldens, and uh, that's where our music is. Speaking of singing at the house, at your house, you had the Front Porch Singing Project. That right. was, uh, I remember when that first came out, I said, what a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> it is, man. And it's uh, that's what Dave Cobb wanted. And Dave wanted us to uh, do the Relaxed setting like we do on our Christmas show, which is a rocking chair segment where we all sit and talk and uh, sing songs in a like we were sitting mm-hmm. on the front porch. Mm-hmm. But it was a relaxed setting, and that's what he wanted the record to sound like. Mm-hmm. So that's how that whole thing came out. So each one go down the, the go down the line, and you, you sing a song. Richard sings a song, so you, and tell yeah. a little story about it and that kind of thing. Yeah. Now, are they uh, original songs or just songs that you guys love personally? What we did is uh, the, the album we did with Dave Cobb, Front Porch Singing. We did old songs and new songs. Mm-hmm. We did brand new songs, and some of them sound like old songs. That's what Dave likes. He mm-hmm. likes that old retro feel. Yeah, it was uh, it was that Front Porch Singing album. Was, uh, the whole idea came from the Christmas show. Mm-hmm. Where we do the rocking chair segment, mm-hmm. and we're all sitting in a relaxed setting and talking and singing and harmonizing yeah. in, a, in that setting. But we did. We did old spirituals. We did the swing down chariot, and it's a great up tempo song, sure. you know, an old yeah. spiritual. Then we did uh, just regular new songs. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you, you have a, a several videos out I see on YouTube with the Gaithers. Right. Are you still doing any projects with them? We did last year, uh, a year or so ago. We went in. Uh, we did. Uh, we worked on an album we had done with Gaither, maybe ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Was uh, he wanted us to come in and uh, freshen it up, put it in front of the cameras, sing the songs in front of the camera, and that's what he did. It was a what is it, Rock of Ages album we did with Gaither, the gospel mm-hmm. album, and so he wanted us to come up to Indiana and uh, sing the song in front of the with a band in front of the cameras. And that's what we did. He was sitting there with us when we was uh, doing that. Sure. One thing I, I we've got to do, and we got to give a big shout out to your band. I mean, these are troopers that uh, work with you guys. Yeah. Uh, Ron Fairchild, he's a piano player. But Ron, his father played with the Oak Ridge Boys when I joined the group. So he has history going back further than I go. He's been here playing piano with the Oak Ridge Boys for 43 years now. Wow. He grew up here in Hendersonville. Him and Rusty went to school together and uh, used to play at little combos together when they were adolescents and teenagers. So uh, Ron's in the band, and uh, we got Scotty Simpson playing bass. Then a young Austin Cucurudo from upstate New York playing drums. We got Rex Wiseman, that's a multi-instrumentalist that plays a steel guitar. He plays a fiddle, and he plays an electric guitar. Then we've got Darren Fay. Favorites, uh, newest member. He's a 
lead guitar player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got a good band, good guys. They're troopers out on the road. Mm-hmm. Well, and you get that synergy going with them, and they just know how to feel you guys. I mean, when you're doing something, they just they can feel you because they they just they're into it, and they do it so many times. You you got to be right. good with that. Yeah. So we do it in different settings. You know, I mean, yeah. you got to be able to do it whether it's in an arena setting or a uh, tight small setting. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's if you can do it, you can do it. If you can't, you can't. Well, we also got to give a shout out to the folks in the office, Kathy and the crew there. They they keep that ship together, man. Yeah. Yep. John Muir has been there a long time. Kathy Harris, she's uh, she's been there many years too. She came in the seventies, early seventies. Wow. And time flies. You look back on it, said, "How did how did it go by so fast?" I know. <laughs> <It's> crazy. <laughs> Another forty years. Let's do it. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you're I'm still up out for there. it. <laughs> What? And you only turned 39, so I mean, you got plenty of yeah. time left. <laughs> January, I'll be 84. Get out. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's how you have the energy to keep going. Well, man, I tell you, I work out. You know, I'm old, but uh, <laughs> I realize uh, you got to be active. And uh, I still work out. I go walking. Mm-hmm. It's a thing I got into several years ago. Uh, a friend of mine, he's a TV producer. I met him in... I bet he'd been in 80, 1981 when he was doing a... He was the youngest producer on the network, so Jeff Panzer, and he was uh, he was uh, producing for ABC 2020. Mm-hmm. Wow. He had a passion for music instead of investigative reporting on all the crimes. and uh, But he wanted to do music pieces for ABC 2020 to have something would at least be uplifting during the show. Sure. Uh, he was doing a piece on Alabama, the band, when they were new. I got to meet him. Kay Shaw brought him. She was working with RCA at that time, but she brought him out to my house and uh, to meet us. Mm-hmm. We got to know each other, became close friends, still one of my best friends. Like I say, he moved on from ABC 2020. Mm-hmm. He went to work. He moved to L.A., was ahead of VH1 out there, and then uh, wanted to get more into music, creating the stuff. So he went with the Universal and became uh, the head of all video wow. departments there. And uh, for a long time. He did all the videos for Wilson Phillips, Vanilla Ice, the hip-hop videos. He did all of Nelly's videos. He did all of Lil Wayne's videos. He did all of Nicki Minaj's first album videos. Mm -hmm. He did all of Drake's first album videos. And he's he's directed all of the recording that I did with my boys. He had cameras in the studio and was, uh, Mm -hmm. we had three or four cameras there capturing everything we were recording and he's put together uh, packaging showing what we've done in fact we're releasing some of that stuff now oh that's great do do we see um, a remake of the oak ridge boys doing ice ice baby I got off track there a yeah. moment, but Jeff so, Jeff kind of got me into. Uh, I know he he was disciplined. He still does it, mm-hmm. but he's he does sit ups too. You know, he had kind of we talked about health and things through the years, and I was aware of his uh, discipline of how he does. And then it got to where on the road I couldn't get out walking a lot, so mm-hmm. I started doing sit ups too. Mm-hmm. Just staying and, active. Uh, yeah. Yesterday I did two hundred sit ups. What? <laughs> I can I can do three hundred sit ups. Wow. Well, and, good for uh, you. you I like to do a couple of hundred sit-ups before I, if I'm going to sing that day. Oh, but yeah. I do them when I'm not singing, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. But I do them, at, I do reps, I do 50. I catch my breath for about 15 or 30 seconds. Yeah, keep going. Do another 50. 
Well, keep doing and, what you're uh, doing. You know, that's it's working. It helps me keep my diaphragm in shape. You sure, know, yeah. give helps me to sing better. That's right. Helps it flow out rather than me struggling trying to get it out. I, I can concur with that. So we've been talking about William Lee Golden right here with the Oak Ridge Boys and just kind of catching up with all this uh, great history they're having. They're out at Gaylord Opryland for their Christmas shows, and that last show will be on the 24th? 25th. 25th. Oh, wow. Christmas Day. <laughs> wow, you got to yeah, get your tickets out be, there. That was the first show to sell out was Christmas Day. <laughs> Is that right? Wow. Yeah. So you can go on uh, com. They can get the tickets right there. You can RSVP for it. All the dates are listed. Just pick one and do it. And, William, thanks so much for coming in and spending the time. I know you got to get ready for the show. Uh, they come in this week, and you have a lot of them coming. So Yeah, we do. I'm also rehearsing uh, with my boys this, uh, okay. for the next few days. we got a show coming up right after the first of the year on the seventh over in paris tennessee great well with look my forward. kids my, well, uh, with the goldens you gotta you gotta find that project and listen to them man it's it's incredible the, the, the harmony the synergy you guys have is, is just tremendous they're incredible musicians yes, and are. singers all right well that's gonna wrap it up for this segment with william lee golden we'll be right back with more of summer county spot Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. And welcome back to Summer County Spotlight with your host, Jeff Shannon, right here. And, of course, heard each and every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And then don't forget, it's going to be on our podcast page at whinradio.com. Just look for the podcast tab in Summer County Spotlight. You're going to find us right there. Well, we're going to continue our musical journey, if you will, here this morning. I, I've, I've known this guy for a little while. And, look, you've never had anybody that had so much more energy than this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, in fact, even in his uh, about section... The high-energy music of none other than Tim Watson. He's been heard in stages all around the world, not just here locally. <laughs> I mean, from the Bahamas to Holland to Germany. I mean, it's all over the place. And, you know, back in 85, he became the featured performer over at Opryland Show Park. And then in 1987, he went to work with Tammy Wynette. Yeah, man. Stand by your man. Look out. Yeah, Tim Watson, everybody. Man, thanks for coming <laughs> in. <laughs> Glad to be here, brother. Good to see you. Well, you know, you've you've just got such a history, you know, going back. Yeah. We just got to talk about that. So how did everything get started? Well, man, I, I grew up in the middle of nowhere on Lookout Mountain in Alabama. My granddaddy was a fiddle player, and my grandmother played the flat-top guitar, and, and uh, they owned a little country store. And so every so often, they'd have little shindigs out in front of the store. They had mm-hmm. little porch with church pews out there on the front. And so all these people would come from out in the mountains there. I mean, we were sure enough in the woods. Now, it's like the voting machine was in my granddaddy's uh, barber shop oh. built onto the side of the, <laughs> of the store. So we'd have music and pickings out there, you know, and all these people would come out of the woods and bring their instruments. And so I grew up like that. How did you I, dr- get drawn to the fiddle? Well, my granddaddy was a fiddle player. Yeah. So you so were just. He wasn't a professional player. Right. You know, he just played for fun yep. and kept him out of work mainly. Kept him from having to work <laughs> in the fields when he was a kid. So I, I kind of got an interest in it when I was about, oh, nine or 10 years old. And, and uh, he showed me a few little little things. And he didn't read music. And he didn't think there was anything, no sharps or flats on the fiddle, <laughs> he thought, you know. And so anyway, I learned a lot of stuff wrong. But I, I met the only professional musician I knew was a guy in Fort Payne 
Greene, Alabama, that, that worked for Mel Tillis, a guy named Mouse. And so he showed me the correct way to play a lot okay. of stuff. And so I started coming to Nashville when I was probably 13. Next thing I know, uh, first record I got to play on was a Bill Monroe record. And I was like, Get wow, out. man. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. I got all kind of B-roll of just sitting around picking with him. Wow. And telling stories. And Anyway, so I, I got to do that. Well, next thing you know, I'm playing. I was kind of a big fish in a little pond down in Alabama. I was the fiddle player down there, you know, when mm-hmm. I was just a kid. I used to have to sit on the stage when the cops would come into the clubs, you know. I'd, <laughs> I'd be in there playing. I was nowhere near old enough. I was like yeah. 13 or 14, you know, and I'm playing them chicken wire honky-tonks down there. <laughs> and people think that's a bunch of crap, but it's true. That's, yeah. That was the way it was. And Man, I, I met a lot of musicians and, that were down there. Well, some of them were coming to Nashville and playing, so I'd come up with them. And so next thing you know, I had a guy that was like, man, I'm I'm going to audition for Opryland in Birmingham. So I'd been playing a club the night before, and I didn't really want to go. And, and you were I, how old at this time? At this time, I was probably 16, wow. something like wow. that. And so this guy was wanting me to go. with. So anyway, he took me to Birmingham with him. I'll never forget, I auditioned and, and ended up getting a call pretty much immediately to come to Nashville. And I came up here, and I got kind of a bad taste of it the first time I came. And But I, I worked out at Opryland in the Bluegrass Show the first year I was out there, and they had me on the Grand Ole Opry just pretty much immediately. And, and I'll never forget, it was so cool, man. My, my now, dad, this was back when it was at the Ryman, though, right? No, it was it was it had moved out to oh, okay, the new so Opry House. Okay, and, there. That's when Opryland was going. That's so right. That's like, right. Yeah. And uh, but uh, my my dad bought me my first fiddle when I was probably eleven or twelve because I'd been playing my granddaddy's fiddle and they were afraid mm-hmm. something was going to happen to my granddaddy's mm-hmm. fiddle. You know? Yeah, so yeah. He bought me this cheap fiddle from a flea market down there, and when he gave it to me, he said, "Boy." One of these days, I'm going to come see you on the Grand Ole Opry. And, of course, he's just kidding. Well, he died the next year when I was 12. Never really heard me play. But, man, eight years later, I'm standing in the circle. Wow. And, man, I'll never forget. I was like, wow, here it it is, you know. Yeah. and they told me, I'll never forget, they told me, they said, you got three minutes, you get on, you get off. I'm out there watching that big clock at my feet, you know. Yeah. So I do my best thing. I go out there and just blaze this fiddle tune. I get a standing ovation. And so I'm like, wow. And so I only had the one song ready. Yeah. And uh, so I turn around, get ready to walk off. And Roy Acuff grabs me by the arm. And he said, he said, boy, I think they want to hear another one out of you. <laughs> And so I didn't have another one ready, you know. I'm like, man, it's that one song, you know, three three minutes, get on, get off. As I'm, I turn around and look, and there's Bill Monroe, there's Minnie Pearl, there's all these legends. No pressure, watched, you know, little Jimmy Dickens. Everybody standing there to see what the commotion was, you know, because I got that standing yeah, ovation. Yeah. So I go back out there and do another one, man. And and uh, so I, I ended up getting my own show at Opryland. I stayed out there for years until they shut it down, you know. Between between that and touring, I also went to work with with Tammy Wynette right about that same time and uh, toured with her for three years. And of course with George Jones and Lord, just about everybody. And that ended up getting getting do some shows with old Willie Nelson and mm-hmm. and. Uh, Love that's singing a, harmony that's, with Willie. That's a longer story right there. A oh. bunch of stories coming up out of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's the ones I can tell. Anyway. That's right. Yeah. And uh, Waylon and uh, Lord uh, Keith Whitley and just a ton of them. Just about everybody through the years I played shows with, you mm-hmm. know. And it's been a lot of fun, man. I tell you, I've been blessed. You know, and so many of these these folks that you, you mentioned lived right here in Hendersonville. Mm-hmm. Or the Sumner County. I mean, it's it's just a, a magnet for entertainers and those in the creative business like that. Oh, you know, yeah. with Conway, you spent did some things with Conway. And, yeah. You know, of course, uh, Tammy and, and George lived here as well out oh, on the peninsula. Yeah. And, sure did. You know, Ricky Skaggs. And, yeah, yeah. Ricky, man, uh, I, was, I was out opening shows when I was still in high school. And uh, that's where I first met Conway Twitty. 
I was I was opening his show down in Georgia. Had a little band, and we were we just gotten a record deal with Billy Sherrill and uh, mm. CBS back okay. then. Yeah, and so we had these really tight harmonies, you know. And so we were doing shows for everybody, opening for everybody. And Ricky Skaggs had just gotten his records really going back then, and so we were doing some shows with him. And then we opened uh, George Strait's first tour, so we did a bunch of bunch of stuff when he was first coming on the scene, and he was still doing cover songs because he didn't have enough. Uh, wow, <laughs> it was I've yeah. got I've got a I've got a cassette I recorded of that. Oh, that's somewhere. amazing. Conway was so nice to me, man. That's the mm. one thing that stuck with me. So I was young. I was pestering him. I was still in high school, so I'm like pestering Conway. I was like <laughs> asking him questions, and I'll never forget one night he said, son, he said, come in here and sit down and eat with me. He said, you can ask me everything you want to ask me and get it out of your system. <laughs> so uh, wow. he was just so nice to spend the time with me. But I always remember he told me, he said, uh, he said, you don't want to be one of these artists that comes and goes. So if you want to have a career in this business, he said, I ain't always got number one records, but he said, I'm always in the charts. Yeah. And I thought, wow, yeah. you know, that's true you know he's always got something that people want to hear from yeah. him you know such a nice man he was yeah absolutely and the, and the fact you've played on so many of these folks projects and their yeah. albums and you, you were you were doing uh you know a bunch of those yeah yeah i've been blessed to do that you know and lord i you know after all those years and playing on on tons of records and and live shows and I, a lot of people think of me as just a fiddle player but i'm a singer and i sing on a lot of records mm-hmm. you know and I sing harmony and backup vocals and whatever you know and and so uh pretty wild here last several years me and robbie turner were were playing on a session and it was it was pretty funny we're down down at blackbird studios and go in we don't ever know who we're playing on when we get there you know usually and and so we go in to play well it's a bunch of rappers <laughs> And so he's a steel player. We worked together with Waylon back in the 80s. So uh, he goes in playing his parts. When I got there, he was already in there playing. Mm-hmm. So I go in, do my overdubs, and, and uh, you could just see the guys in the control room. Of course, you can't hear them, you know. You can just see them in, in behind the console. And and I could see them back there, yeah, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, man. I said, we're playing the same old licks we played on these country records. Right. They're just eating it up. So. Yeah. Me and him were sitting out having some coffee, waiting for the next track. And he leaned over and he said, man, do you ever think you'd come to the point in Nashville where a fiddle player and a steel player can't get hired to play on a country record? But we're playing on Ralph albums. <laughs> that, that, I mean, that's just amazing. Uh, like that. But, there, you know, there's so many um, entertaining folks here that yes. it's just a, a pleasure, I mean, just to get to know them. Oh, and, I know it, man. And you never know. I mean, I've, I've run into so many... I, I tell you, man, I, I had an apartment down here when I first moved to town. I'll never forget, I had a, a leak in the roof, and I, and I had a guy come in to repair the sheetrock on the ceiling. And he walks in, and he sees my instruments and stuff laying around, and he's like, are you in the music business? And I was like, yeah. And so we got to talking. He said, well, I wrote all these songs. I'm a songwriter. And I thought, oh, crap. He's got me going. Oh, no. <laughs> so then he's, he starts pulling out, back then, cassette tapes. This guy was a big writer in L.A. and had had tons of big hit records he'd written. And he had moved to Nashville and was trying to start over. He had lost, you know, of course, divorces and things like that. And and, and I thought, man, you just never know in Nashville where you're going to hear a hit song. And I recorded some of his songs. They were really? just incredible songs. Yeah. And he was just doing sheetrock work here in Nashville, you know. <laughs> wow. I mean, amazing. So I noticed you, that you did a, something with Ronnie Millsap. Now, yeah. when Ronnie first came out, I was working in, in radio over in Knoxville when he he first kind of released uh, some of those the songs, the Smoky Mountain Rain and those, oh, those yeah. kind of great songs and how different his style was oh yeah and so how did you mingle in with him i opened some shows for him i actually did one with him at the grand Ole opry house the one that's most memorable to me because uh, Mm. he was notorious of course being blind he was notorious for having to have 
everything on the stage was in a certain place and it was measured off and his back then his stage manager was known for being the biggest jerk in the world uh-huh. because he didn't want you to move anything. Right. And if you were an opening act, you had no room because the piano is right in the middle of everything exactly. out there. And monitors, and, and they had this big black board, like a two-by-four, that they would put about about a foot or two from the front of the stage so he could feel it with his feet when he walked to the front of the stage. He wouldn't walk off the front of the stage. Mm-hmm. And they put black tape over it so you wouldn't see it. And, of course, the piano is not very far from that. Well, here I am trying to open the show, and I've got my guys are all, we're all just crammed out there. And they, you know, just sticklers for not moving anything. Well, I'm trying to do my show. And back then I did all this trick fiddling where I'd, I'd jump around, play behind my back and all this crazy <laughs> stuff. And, So I'm jumping on one leg, and I'm having to jump across the front of the Opry stage. And back then, it had these great big round glass bulbs all the way across the front of the stage. So I'm like trying to jump back and forth across this freaking board. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm thinking, dude, I'm fixing to go down. Yeah. Or either that or I'm going to kick one of these lights plumb to the balcony. But, uh, But I love Ronnie Millsap, man. I tell you, we went to see him down in McMinnville. Oh, just a few months ago. Mm, really? And, uh, of course, his his health ain't like it should. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's getting older. But man, he sang so good, and all those songs are just the best. Yeah, you know, they're I mean, just when awesome. You, when you hear them, it kind of takes you back to that time, and it was like, wow. I mean, it's such a it's such a great song. Yeah. Now I noticed you play with Jamie Johnson. Yeah, that's got to be a character <laughs> right there. Yeah. Who don't love Jamie no, Johnson, no, right? man? You know, God, I tell you, Jamie. You know, he's an Alabama boy too, and and uh, but man, I I got to reconnect with him because uh, he'd been singing around town, you know, and writing, and and uh, such a he's such a great writer. But he was uh, out at over at Kid Rock's house. Kid Rock's my next door neighbor, and so it was it was kind of funny. We were over there. Kid Rock's always wanting me to sing all this obscure stuff, and so I'm he's wanting me to sing uh, "Go Rest High" because a friend of ours had had just passed away, and I start singing "Go Rest High on That Mountain," and uh, so I'm singing it pretty high and. Uh, Not as high as Vince, though. No, no, no nobody sings that high. <laughs> so I'm singing, and all of a sudden, Jamie leans in over the one shoulder, and he starts singing the harmony part. And I was like, oh, wow, that's awesome, man. And then, uh, what's your name, redneck woman? Gretchen Wilson. Oh, geez. She comes in over the other shoulder singing the high part, and it was the most cool blend you ever heard, man. And I thought, man, I wish I had this recorded. And actually, Kid Rock said, I did record it. So <laughs> I was like, wow. But uh, Jamie is the best, man, yeah. I tell you. I, I just love his style. We got to do a thing in Hendersonville with him, what, a couple years ago? Yeah, the um, Hometown Jam. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hendersonville Hometown Jam. Yeah, this, that was a great show that was put on there. But I'll tell you, it just continues to amaze me after moving here, all the discoveries I'm making from folks yeah. that, that live here. And uh, We've been talking with Tim Watson, uh, they, better known as... The fiddle man. It's it. And his history is just amazing. Where do you hear some of the stories? We're going to talk about Kid Rock coming up. <laughs> We're going to talk about Miss Loretta. We, we got some stories. This is going to be amazing. Yeah. So we'll be right back with more Summer County Spotlight. Thanks for listening to Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program heard each and every Sunday right here on WHIN. Or you can listen on our podcast page at whinradio.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this program, reach out to me, Jeff Shannon, at jeff at whinradio.com. Okay, we're back here at Sumner County Spotlight. Uh, going to continue our conversation with fiddle man, Mr. Tim Watson. Yeehaw! Yes, right here in Hendersonville. And you've been here since what year? Uh, I came out here around, uh, I moved here around 96, I guess, somewhere in there, and bought me a house down on the lake down okay. here, and been there ever since. Well, well, that's good that you're here. Yeah. Now, you, you, you kind of play with some toys out there. You got your ultralight. And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Got motorcycles? Yeah, you name it, man. I, I'm, I'm a, a toy holic. You know, I, I got me a little uh, little uh, amphibious. Uh, it's it's too heavy to be an ultralight, but it's it's a light sport they call them now. So it's a little two seater amphib, so I can land on the water and drop the wheels and drive it up a boat ramp or land it in a field or just pretty much anywhere. If you see a big red, white, and blue wing, it looks like a big flag. That's me. Okay. <laughs> so you told a story earlier. You got to tell me about the Cindy Crawford story. Oh, that was great, man. I. I I live next door. Uh, well, I've got a farm. I've got 105 acres down off of Briley Parkway and between where 24 and 65 split coming up this way. And I've had it for, oh, since about 2000. So anyway, uh, I've got a runway on it. And Kid Rock bought the farm behind me. And so we're having a party on the 4th of July up at his house. We, 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 uh, we're up there, and there's all kind of, you never know who's going to be at his right, parties. Yeah. And, and uh, I met Cindy Crawford several years ago. I played her 20th anniversary. So uh, her and her husband are great people. And uh, they live out in Malibu, but they were here for the 4th of July party. Well, she's on my Facebook pages and all that stuff. And so she saw all these videos of me flying my little plane. And, and of course, I, I flew it by there the day before. And so she saw it, and we had dinner that night on the, and uh, she, the next day she's she's like man I, I think I really want to do that and I was like are you kidding <laughs> she's like no I think it'd be great she said you're only gonna live one time and she's like I just really want to do that and I was like now well, she's well, pretty tall she yeah. can fit on that thing oh yeah oh, yeah okay. I've got plenty of room so <laughs> and, uh, I, I told her just put your legs on up here beside me you'll be there fine you go. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway we uh so we took her down to my uh, hangar down there on my farm and and I pushed the plane out and I'm still thinking she's going back out you know she's going back out so we get get the plane pushed out i get her in there get her get her seat belt and her headsets and everything get her where we can communicate and so i get up there on the hill and i'm ready to take off i've got like about 1400 feet of grass you know a little grass mm-hmm. strip so it, this little plane I, I built everything on it so i built you know i built this engine out to where it's wow. really it'll climb about 2000 feet per minute when you kick it it's like it's like taking off in a little dragster and uh wow. then all of a sudden you're airborne and uh so it'll take off in about a about 100 150 feet we're climbing out and she starts squealing and uh, she's grabbing me by the shoulders and she's all about it you know she's yeah. like oh, this is beautiful and wow so i turn and fly over kid rock's new mansion which is right next door you know and mm-hmm. of course everybody's hanging out up there on the he's got this infinity edge pool it's just beautiful yeah. and you can see all of nashville from mm-hmm. up on the hill and uh so i fly by and of course kid rock's mooning us and everybody <laughs> up there on the, on the balcony all these celebs up there and so but cindy is such a sweetheart man yeah it was, it was a blast you told me a story when when you bought the property and then a kid came over and you guys oh. were talking about he was going to buy a property yeah yeah I, i've had that place man I, I sold a lot of records back in the 90s and and did pretty well for an old hillbilly and and so uh <laughs> I bought property all over the place, and so I, I was looking for a place to fly my little airplanes, and I was looking all out in you know, Macon County and everywhere all around. And this piece of property came up down there, and, and I went down to look at it, and it was all grown up. It had dumps all over it and just really bad shape. Man, I ended up taking taking that place, and I bought me a bulldozer and cleared it off. And, and man, you talk about fun, though. I've, I've had a ball with it. Well, anyway, so I, I'm back in the woods bush hogging my, my trails off. You know, I've got all these trails everywhere, and I've had the place since 2000, uh, I suppose to close on september 11th 2001 when the towers wow. got hit. 
Really? And uh, so I ended up closing a few days later. But anyway, so they had, I knew the farm behind me was going up for sale a few years ago. They had a non-disclosure on it, so you didn't know who it was. Well, I'm back there bush hogging, (laughs) and here comes this guy on a four-wheeler and with all this raggedy hair and everything, you know, and I'm like, who the heck is that? You know, and I always keep a 45 on me when I'm in the woods. You never know. Especially out there. Yeah, exactly. He's like, hey, man, you own this place? And I'm like, yeah. He said, well, I just bought this farm behind you. And I'm thinking, oh, crap. Here we go. I was like, man, this looks like Kid Rock. (laughs) (laughs) And so I I wasn't a fan, you know, truthfully. There goes the neighborhood. Yeah. So anyway, his reputation preceded him a little. And so I I didn't think I would like the guy. And uh, anyway, we talked for a few minutes. He said, my name's Bob. I play in a band. And. And he asked me what I did, and I just I said, well, I play a little fiddle, and just left it at that, and didn't say nothing else about it too much. And well, we swapped phone numbers. About thirty minutes later, he calls me, and he's like, "Holy crap, man, you played for everybody!" everybody. And I was like, "Well, yeah, man, I've been doing it a long time." <laughs> he said, "You got to work for me," and I was like, "Man, I, I just really don't work for anybody anymore." And, and uh, I said, and "I ain't riding buses." And I said, I told him, I said, man, what am I going to do with you? And he said, exactly what you do, they're going to love it. So anyway, man, I'm I'm like, man, I don't ride buses no more. And he right. said, well, I got a jet. And I said, well, <laughs> I'm uh, yeah, I'm in, baby. <laughs> so, man, we've, we've had a good time. Ended up being great friends. He's he's a great guy, man. You know, it's not exactly what I was expecting, you know. Yeah. So uh, we've, we've had a good time. He's been a great neighbor. Well, I mean, yeah, you got to have fun. And it's amazing how everybody has all this energy. Yeah. You know, it's like, geez. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's what time? 8.30? Uh, bedtime. Yeah, I know it, <laughs> no. man. And you're uh, playing, you, you played a lot down at the Palace yeah. quite a bit. You yeah. and TJ. Oh, we got to mention TJ, that. too. we got to oh, throw yeah. him in there. My son, TJ. A lot of people know TJ, especially here in Sumner County. He's yeah. a graduate of Hendersonville High School, and uh, and uh, he graduated there and with uh, honors and everything and went to Belmont University and graduated magna cum laude down there. And, well, uh, and uh, he's he's touring, and uh, he's out in Vegas right now with my daughter. They're out there. Uh, my daughter, she's a, a world champion power lifter. And she's and, won a couple of titles, though, yeah, right? She yeah, won, she's world champion in two different different ones and uh she also now she's out right now in vegas uh competing for the olympia joe whiter's olympia wow so that's that's big right there it's awesome man and and that's her dream and i'm so proud to watch her living it and of course my son he's a great musician a lot of people know him because he's he's been playing shows with me since before he was born Mm -hmm. and uh, And he can uh, play all kind of instruments he plays a heck out of harmonica and guitar and great singer so you see him he's down on broadway a lot and of Mm -hmm. course he's in all my shows he does in the well, you guys have great magnetism, and it's just the harmonies spot on. Oh, I mean, he he can slap that guitar like, oh my yeah, god, man. you don't even need a band. He's he's, he's awesome. He's one man band. He's been it. like I say, he's been doing it since he was born. So yeah, and he's a tall feller. Yeah, I don't know where he got that. I'm kind of wondering if he ain't kin to somebody else. <laughs> That's Had a tall mailman. <laughs> TJ, we're coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and, and has he recorded with you as well? Yeah. No? Yeah, he recorded with me. We did uh, uh, actually went back and even took some of the older tracks that I had from years ago and uh, put him on them. But uh, when he was a kid, Lord, we put him on a record on that gospel album when he was two years old. And uh, the headphones wouldn't stay on him. Had him, had him sing uh, him and my daughter and, uh, and my friend Mark Dreyer that's worked with me for 32 years uh, playing guitar forever. He, he's got a studio here in, in Hendersonville too. Had his daughters sing on it and they all sang Jesus Loves Me and they were just little kids and it's so cool to go back and listen to it now, you know, and 
and to hear that little bitty voice, you know, singing. I know. And then he ended up singing for uh, what Baptist Sunday School Board. They call it something else now, but Lifeway. He was singing all these kid parts and doing all the stuff that they put out for the Sunday School Board and everything. Mm-hmm. So he was singing parts when he was just uh, just a kid going in singing these songs, and they were originals. I'll never forget, I went down, a friend of mine, this big producer, called me up and said, you think TJ could come down and sing on some stuff? And I said, well, sure. So I brought him down, and I'm, of course, being daddy, and he's yeah. just a little kid, and I'm trying to be quiet and not say nothing to you with the producers and everything in the studio. So they were telling him lines, and it was original song, original melody, everything, and they usually do one line at a time, and they sing it to the kid, and the, then they record it, and they one line at a time, you know. And mm-hmm. So they got TJ out there, and, and they started the track. Well, TJ didn't stop. He kept singing, and the guy told he told the the engineer he said, "Keep it rolling, see what he does with it." So he was making up his own melody, going with the chord changes, and it was like the, the producer turned around. He's like, "Holy crap, man!" Yes. He said, "He's that little and knows how to go with it with the melody and make his own melody up." And I was like, "What?" Well, anyway, I know oh, you didn't ask for all that, but yeah, but that, that's great. <laughs> hey, and you know, being here in Hendersonville, you've been the uh, grand marshal of the parade a couple of times. Uh, yeah. been in that parade, and yeah, what a year or so ago, you had that that big dragster look like yeah that was that was amazing <laughs> that was the coolest thing ever man uh, uh a buddy of mine had had a, a big museum up in portland tennessee and had every kind of car you can imagine and you know it's naming anything mm-hmm. that's got wheels on it he had it and uh so i was looking for something unique Oh, and that was <laughs> this was 2020 so everybody's cooped up for covid yeah so i'm like man i'm ready to blow it out so i call this guy up and he brings this thing and it's like a dragster on the front with a hemi with of course dragster pipes shooting straight up <laughs> and he's got a, a little merry-go-round horse on top of this hemi and then it's got a carriage behind it like an old school carriage where the driver sits up high with mm-hmm. his tails and hat on you know and, and this cool little carriage behind it so you actually drive it up there like you're driving horses and it, only it's a hemi me dragster wow. in front of it and it was the coolest thing man but uh that was that was the year you know they were you know don't throw candy and everything yeah, you know yeah. and of course the old fiddle man's gonna throw candy at them kids so i <laughs> so i did you know but it was really fun man. so how was this uh, past year's parade it was awesome man yeah. we had a big turnout this year mm-hmm. and, uh, man i tell you this that's what it's all about for me man i mm. i tell you i've kind of been there done that done it all and had everything i've been so blessed in my life man you know i've seen it all done it all and got a, a closet full of t-shirts and uh, <laughs> and man so to get to be recognized by your hometown which i consider hendersonville my hometown i've mm-hmm. been here so long and mm-hmm to ride down the street and everybody kind of knows you anyway and so they're all yelling and to watch these little kids is where i think it's at and this year it was so cool to see life get back to normal and i look out there and see those little kids with those big smiles and they were just blown away because i don't throw cheap candy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so we it was really cool to be recognized and i appreciate all the holiday fest folks so you also me. have have gone into the schools and performed uh, for some schools i don't know if it's one school or several or yeah i don't know when this airs but i'll be tomorrow i'll be at uh, jack anderson for their last day of school before oh, christmas and great i've been doing that for probably 20 years yeah. man I, it's kind of cool because now i'll be at the grocery store or wherever here in henderson mr tim mr tim yeah, yeah it'll be the fiddle man yeah. you know and it's like they remember when they were little kids and i'd come to school because i first thing i tell them kids when i get there is like yeah you know when the fat man in the red shirt shows up it's time to get out of school you know so (laughs) 
I've been doing it a long time. It's really cool, man. It's it's great you're giving back, you know, to the community like that and, uh, you know, making such an impact. Before you go, I know that you and Loretta Lynn had a a, kind of a special bond. Yeah, yeah, man. She was such a sweet lady and what a legend, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Her son, Ernie, is one of my best friends, has been for 40 years. And back when I was touring with Tammy Wynette, he was out touring with his mama. And so... Anytime I seen Loretta Lynn was going to be on the bill somewhere, I knew me and Ernie were going to have a good time. So <laughs> anyway, uh, over the last several years, uh, I would go out and uh, I'd take my bus out there, and me and Ernie would park our buses down there on the creek out there at the ranch, and we'd party for a few days, have a good time. Anytime there's a big motorcycle rally or something going mm-hmm. on, I'd go over whenever I had a chance. I'd ride over and take my fiddles, and I'd sit with Miss Loretta, uh, she got last several years she couldn't get around she's mm-hmm. kind of bedridden and so i'd i'd go in she wanted me to come over and sing with her you know so i'd go over and sit in her room and i'd whatever she requested i'd play and so i'd get my fiddles and i'd play the song and sing it and she'd cough and wheeze and and try to sing and yeah. then soon finally she'd get cleared out and there was loretta lynn's voice it was so <laughs> cool man so I did that, you know, several times through the years. And after she died, they asked me to come sing her funeral. And uh, I haven't really said much about it wow. because it was a private funeral. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, man, you know, they could have had any, anybody would have been honored to sing this funeral. And so I went and I, I just, just me and my fiddle. And uh, it was just family up on the hill there mm-hmm. where, where Mooney's buried. And, and uh, so I, I went up there and I she loved for me to sing I'll Fly Away. And so I did that and they released some doves and. And, uh, but her favorite song for me to sing was always How Great Thou Art. And so I sang that, and man, I'm telling you, it was I don't know how you hold it together. <laughs> Dude, it was hard wow. because everybody's crying. and and I, But I, I just kept picturing in my head, one of the last times that I saw her alive, I was singing that song, and she was raising her hands up to heaven. And you could feel wow. it, that she was actually communicating with God. You could mm-hmm. feel it. And, man, it was all I could do to hold it together. Oh, but, I don't know how you but did it. I tell you, man, she was she was just such a legend. And, and of course, all the family was there. And, and so I, as they were lowering her into the grave, I, I thought, man, I, I'm, I'm, I played coal miner's daughter on my fiddle, just a lone fiddle. You know, and wow. I started playing it, and then all the you know the 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 twins and and Crystal Gale and everybody, you know, they all started singing it, and then the whole crowd sang it as they're lowering her into the ground. I thought, <laughs> how appropriate is that? You wow! Know? But I just felt so honored. The whole family are just they're just awesome people, and she would you'd have never known she was a star. Uh, I, she invited us over right after my mom died a few years ago. She invited us over for Thanksgiving dinner, so we went over and had Thanksgiving at Loretta's, and you know things like that you just don't forget, you know. That has to be one of the greatest memories you're probably ever going to have. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, all the the fun times and all that stuff, but that that that's going to stay with you forever. Forever. So. And we've been talking with uh, Tim Watson. He's called the Fiddle Man right here in Hendersonville. And Tim, again, thanks for taking time and Man, coming out thank here. Thank you. If anybody wants any of my music, thefiddleman.com or I'm the Fiddle Man on Instagram and things like that. Yeah, so just type it in, you'll find him. That's it. I'm easy to find. That's Thank it. you, brother. All right. All right. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of Sumner County Spotlight. I'm Jeff Shannon. We'll check you next week with more of Sumner County Spotlight. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.